Okay, so um, Dr. Fisher, the technician you played in Dawn, uh, Day of the Dead, sorry. A um, couple of questions around that. One, um, what was it like working uh, around Laurie Cardile? Um, and I'm, I'm just going to list them out. What was it like working around Laurie Cardile? What was it like um, working around all that gore and blood and, and stuff for you as a, uh, you know, as a jobbing actor? Um, effectively, what, what, what could you possibly tell us a little bit about that? Because... I would love to have worked with Laurie Cardinale in, in well, 1985, honestly. I, I, yeah, I, I, had, I knew Laurie, um, or knew of Laurie. Uh, we both graduated from uh, university at the, the same year, I believe. Uh, but we were in different colleges. I was at Point Park. She was at the uh, at CMU, uh, Carnegie Mellon, and um, uh, we all knew. Everybody in Pittsburgh knew her father. Her father, Chili Billy Cardilly, as he was affectionately uh, known, uh, had a um, had a uh, late night uh, horror show uh, where he showed. Old movies, old horror movies, uh, a lot of Hammer stuff. Um, certainly it was, I think, the first place in Pittsburgh that Night of the Living Dead showed up. Um, and Bill was also in uh, Night of the Living Dead. So he and George had been friends for a long, long time. Um, so... Uh, uh, so I knew of Lori as an actor, uh, had not worked with her prior to Day of the Dead. Um, but um, to, to answer your question, what was it like? It was great. She is a consummate professional and she's just a beautiful, lovely human being. You know, she has a heart and a soul that is, uh, you know, as big as the great outdoors. She's an outstanding actor. Um, and um, she is uh, uh, sweet and kind. And she gives and takes, you know, there's a rapport that you, that we had um, both in life and on screen that really works. Uh, we listened to one another. We were able to respond uh, because we were both paying attention to each other. Um, she's a giver, um, and uh, she's just a delight to to work with. Um, uh, yeah, and you're aware of this, of course, is that you know Lori really was the prototype. Not maybe the first, but I think the first really one of the first strong female leads yeah. in a heart yeah. or anything for that matter. Yeah. You know, um, she she was in charge. You hit you knew who was in charge of this operation. Yeah. yeah. And she took charge and she took no, you know, uh, she took no nonsense. She was up there with Ripley and stuff, Sigourney Weaver's Ripley and Aliens and stuff, definitely without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And so she was one of the, you know, 
George was smart enough to, um, you know, create this role um, uh, for, you know, a strong female lead. Um, and she handled it beautifully, absolutely beautifully. The only flaw I could see, um, and not in her performance uh, in the movie, was her being matched with Miguel. Yeah, that didn't make sense, though. Mm. Yeah, it didn't make sense. <laughs> especially due to the chemistry between you guys. That's uh, the, especially between the chemistry between Fisher and Sarah. It was you would have thought that if there was going to be some form of like behind the scenes on screen romance, it would have been between them two. Yeah, you would have hoped anyway. I oh, would. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I did, make, I did make a little movie with her that Tony Booba. I don't know if you know that name, but yeah. Tony uh, has been associated with uh, George's films as well. It was Tony's uh, parents and grandmother's home that we shot most of Martin in. Um, and Tony has been, um, through most of his life, a, uh, he did sound on Martin as well. But he's primarily been a documentarian and has done a lot of docu do uh, documentaries about his hometown of Braddock, where Martin was shot. Um, and he made a little movie called No Pets uh, with me and Lori um, about this, you know, um, mill worker or, or, you know, a guy that works with his hands. And uh, I think he worked in like a metal shop or something like that, who was being forced to move because uh, of his landlord, um, because he had a dog, uh, so hence no pets. Uh, but Lori played um, the landlord's uh, uh, wife, and during that, uh, in that movie, we have a little affair for a night. So I did get my opportunity to work quite <laughs> nice. If I could just ask one just about Dr. Fisher again while we're on it. Uh, Absolutely. Because um, there's one thing I think about Dr. Fisher and uh, obviously within Dare the Dead, you know, there's a lot of gore, a lot of gross deaths, a lot of people get their comeuppance. But Dr. Fisher's death very undeserved, very undeserving, completely yeah. out of the blue. I mean, to me, that's probably the worst, most shocking death in the whole film well, because I, of its context and, you know, and how it happens. And I just wonder what your thoughts were on it when you read the script and when you were like, kind of like filming those like, scenes. Because obviously, Joe Pilato was the nicest man anyone could ever meet for my gala. I wasn't fortunate enough to meet him. So I he's knew, got a... I, I, I knew Joe a long time. I knew him long before... You know, either of us did any kind of uh, Romero movies. But I just wonder what your take yeah, on that was. I cast Joe uh, in a small part in uh, in Dawn of the Dead, um, and uh, which is how George then met Joe uh, and was able to use him in Day. Um, but um, uh, yeah, quite a shock. You know, yeah, I think it was even a shock to me uh, when I read it. Um, 
But I was kind of looking forward to uh, <laughs> being shot in the head. How are we going to do this? And um, I think it's great for the shock value. I think uh, his death really precipitates the beginning of the end, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so it needed that inciting incident to take place for chaos to then reign and, um, you know, uh, get to the end of the film. When the guy who has the most reasonable uh, point of view um, gets murdered in that fashion and in front of everybody. Uh, Can I chip in here, if you don't mind? To prove a point, I'm not going to take it anymore. I've had enough, you bastards. In his head, and bang. Yeah. Do you mind if if I throw a conspiracy theory in here? (laughs) Okay, Okay, I'm going to do this because I've done this with a few others. Sure. Sequel. Okay, I've got an idea for sequel. So I, I I watched this the other day. And what I saw was the angle of a gun that could have potentially just grazed his head while knocking him unconscious. So what if somebody wrote a book about a sequel where he managed to survive in this cave throughout all this zombie and then leads all the zombies to redemption? Oh. Redemption of the dead. But he... (laughs) Sequel. Yeah, that's interesting. I like Uh, it. Fisher was not a fan of these zombies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he, he, was, he was not a fan. He really wanted, he really wanted Frankenstein to, you know, stop this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Independence <laughs> Avenue line says all that. Such a great line. Out of here, you know, let's get gone. Yeah. Not, uh, he, you know, so I, 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 I'm just going to throw that dart into your. I've got, I've got. I've got a curiosity question. Yeah. Um, I, I meant to ask this uh, Laurie last week because we had Laurie on last week, uh, oh. but I completely forgot. Um, so I'll ask you because obviously you saw him as well. The Bub character, uh, Howard Sherman's like Bub zombie. I mean, what would it? What was it like to see that zombie? Because well, I've watched it on TV so many times. I've got that. It's a cool looking zombie. What was it like to actually see that zombie? Yeah, yeah. You know, during the filming. I, I had only two weeks on the film. I mean, they shot for three months. Yeah. Um, but um, the two weeks I was there, Bob was there. Yeah. But I never spoke to him. No. Uh, I had no scene with him in the film, and I never saw him on set unless he was filming. So he kind of kept all by himself. Um, I don't know if other actors had a chance to kind of interact with him um, off screen, uh, but I never did. Um, But my first day of shooting was the day they were, he was doing all this business about learning. Yeah. uh, That, um, uh, what was the actor? Richard Liberty. Yeah. Mm. you know, offering him different uh, apparatus in order to in order to connect with, uh, and so I was watching this. What I thought at the time was absolute genius, 
because George never gave him any direction on how to use any of that stuff. All of that came from Howard. He did all of the all of the improvisation uh, and utilizing these these the phone, uh, the shaver. Yeah. You know, he did all of that uh, kind of on his own. And um, I think, in my opinion, um, he did he did the best zombie, if that's what we're going to call them. Yeah. I guess that's what we call them. Yeah. It's, it's entered the lexicon. Uh, his work was nothing short of Karloff in Frankenstein. Uh, I think it was as powerful and as 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 strong and as uh, empathetic and sincere, you know, uh, that Karloff was as as the creature. Yeah. Uh, uh, so his his work to me was absolute. It was absolutely phenomenal. Well, that's it. I mean, just to echo what you're saying there, John, that bit where he's got all of his chains because it's come off and he finds Frankenstein dead. And, yeah, and he starts freaking out and the drool that's coming out. Yeah. That's very, very good. Yeah, he lost his father. Yeah. yeah. You know? Uh, it, it Just amazing. Just, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it wasn't for him, uh, I don't think... Uh, uh, Liberty's character um, would have been as powerful, uh, you know. Uh, he had to have. Bob was essential um, to the idea that something can't could be done. Something could we could somehow uh, get better. We could somehow figure this virus out or whatever it was to cause uh that's causing the 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 apocalyptic uh you know condition um uh and if it wasn't for bob i saw something recently i don't yeah some guy on i guess on facebook was denouncing or or downplaying Bob's role, and I thought, well, I wasn't going to argue with him because that's useless. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 really kind of pissed me off. He had didn't seem to have the appreciation for both the character and or the actor's work playing the character. Um, that kind of uh, aggravated me a bit, but, it, but you know, Howard uh, and this particular character, I just thought this is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. To be fair, Day of the Dead in a general whole, the acting was on point. It was brilliant. There's there's not one weak link, is there? There's not no. one weak link in the whole cast. Everybody no, just, just just gels. Yeah. I like, I like it better than Dawn because um, because it's more it, it's kind of more realism mm -hmm. um, and uh, 
I mean, Dawn to me is a little fantastical um, and a little over the top, and which is fine. Um, but I'm more I'm more drawn to something that has a little more realism about it and a little more depth to it um, than just running around killing zombies. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's more thought provoking. Certainly, it's darker. Oh yeah, um, and uh, that appeals that appeals to my to my appreciation of it. Yeah, so even with your character in Dawn, I mean, to be fair, even though it's only a short, what, maybe not even a minute long role. Oh, not a minute long, no. But, but still, quite a very memorable character. Yeah, in fact, if I'm honest, that's it, because if I'm honest, because like I I've been a fan for close to 30 years to these films. But when I didn't realize Martinez were you until about 2002. Yeah, well, tell <laughs> me. Joe Shelby, if you know who Joe is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, would uh, uh, argue that point. <laughs> uh, and I always say, Joe, it's fine, man. Take it, do it, be it. Uh, you can, you can do whatever you want. Uh, but I still sign Martinez under my name. Hey, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Well, he doesn't see my photos, so. That's <laughs> uh, no, funny, that. Yeah. Well, that's, question. that's interesting because um, uh, I was not, uh, you know, that was not, that was not written in uh, for me to do. Um, uh, they just... When we were uh, when we were shooting that roof scene in the projects, which was really the uh, office, office building, yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. roof of the office uh, that uh, Laurel had at the time. Um, when we were shooting that scene, uh, I don't know what I was doing. I was working, you know, behind the scenes doing something, and uh, Savini grabbed me as usual. And uh, <laughs> said, we need to take you up on the roof. We need another gang member. Okay. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he put me in this bad uh, makeup that I always apologize to every Hispanic individual. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, put a gun in my hand and up on the roof I went. And that's how that happened. So, <laughs> love it. Really? Just Brilliant. out of sheer luck. Good bit of filmmaking on the go, isn't it? It's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was, we, we we were kind of guerrilla filmmakers at first, you know. Um, especially during like Martin was, you know, really we we had very few permits. We had very, you know, we would just go to a location and shoot it. Uh, and then skip town, get out of the way so no cops or anybody would stop us and give us a problem. So I'm going to ask a bit of a tacky question about Martin, because it's one of the things did that, that did stick in my mind. Obviously, your cousin, who I still seem to think is your uncle in the film because of the age gap, but it's your cousin. He's not. He's not. He's my cousin. 
he hangs the garlic on your bedroom door because he thinks you're Nosferatu. You take a big bite out of that garlic. Did you actually do that? Because I look at that and I'm like, ah. Uh. Get it out, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did do it. Sure. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff for the method acting. Yeah, well, wow. I'm very method. I'm very method. <laughs> <laughs> I bet kissing the girls were all right after that as well, weren't it? So, one of my little theories, or maybe it's more than that, and I've just read it somewhere and now I'm trying to take it as on my own. So, you're 84 years old in Martin, maybe, because you might be a vampire. So, is the character your cousin because you are 84 years old and then the age gap is quite normalized i think so yeah i think so too yeah i, I would have to i would have to say yes we don't say what we don't say the 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 uh, uh distance of cousin uh, no. talk about that so could be second cousin third cousin you know Fourth cousin once removed. I mean, I, I, who knows? I'm going to stick with the that you are 84, I think, because that's what I like. And then you are a vampire, so that's, I'm yes. Sure. Well, you know, the truth of the matter, you know, how could he be? Um, um, because I think George was making a point that, um, you know, all of this supernatural nonsense is just that. Yeah. Well, he does that in the film, doesn't he, with his cameo as the priest. He kind of... Yeah, he makes it all, doesn't he? Because he laughs at him when he wants to do an exorcism yeah. and tries to like, fob him off to the old guy and say, yeah, speak to the old guy because he'll do the exorcism for you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, sorry, I'm down blabbing too much. The exorcism scene as is brilliant. Actor, gonna, as an actor, I'm going to play that he's a vampire. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> as a hopefully midland intellect uh, uh, person, um, uh, I'm going to say that he's a crazy mixed up kid. Yeah. You know, um, that uh, was uh, uh, obviously uh, turned into a sociopath and, and psychological killer um, by, by his circumstances growing up. You know? yeah, there's no magic. There is no magic. There, there is no magic. Right. Yeah. He says it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it's a great film. I love it. It should get a wider audience, you know. Yeah. We need to get it released. I think it will with this 4K release. I think it will. Yeah, I think it will. Uh, instead, I'm on Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a fund going to get it released and get it out there. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great. So, John, can I ask you a question then? Um, obviously, being... Uh, you know, a, a cast member of, of Day of the Dead and bringing this lot, being one of the people that brought this, you know, wonderful film to life. Um, and also, uh, just touching on a while ago, you said you're 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 quite a purist. Um, what were your thoughts then when I think was it 2005 when they remade Day of the Dead and then went with a number of sequels? I mean, being a cast member that was actually involved in the original, how did you feel about that? And you know, you know what were your thoughts? I've never watched it. Don't. No. <laughs> I think I, I mentioned early on. You know, I'm not. I'm not really a horror fan. Mm. Um, uh, strictly a horror fan. I'm more 
I'm more about what kind of Martin is, uh, which I believe to be not to be necessarily a horror film. I believe it to be a psychological thriller and a character study. Um, so, um, yeah, I've never watched any of the remakes um, uh, that have been done. Uh, didn't they do Dawn too as a remake? Or yes, they did. Two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. Alleged. I've never seen them. I've never. Yeah. I've never watched them. Well, that and came up yesterday. Uh, wasn't, I didn't see. I didn't see any of the dead movies that George made uh, when he moved to um, Toronto. Um, I guess that makes me a bad George Romero fan. <laughs> <laughs> the don't worry, don't worry. The Post. only film I saw was Bruiser, uh, which, uh, and the reason I saw it was that I was invited to George's house um, to watch it with him and Savini one day. Uh, and that's the only one that uh, I watched since um, since George uh, started making movies in in Toronto. Oh. So I I wish I could give you a response to what I thought. I should watch it though. I mean, I shouldn't be such a jerk. <laughs> You're not missing anything. I should, should watch it. You know, in many ways, I'm a mercenary. You know, I go in to do a job uh, more than I go in to do uh, uh, to continue the legacy of a filmmaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm happy to be a part of that legacy with George, certainly. Um, you know, I'm in a profession, which means I have to make I have to make some money, and I do this. I do this for. Not for the money. I do it for both things. I do it for the fact that I believe in the, in the text and the script, and I get paid to do it. That means I'm going to give my best work, um, and uh, because I deserve to be paid for what I do. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, absolutely. Just like a steel worker. <laughs> So I've got. Oh, sorry, I was just going to jump in to say something. All right, but uh, that's the deal. So you mentioned that you that stayed. You, this is non Romero, non horror question. It's just something that you said has piqued my my curiosity. You talked about you stage managed a production a little while ago in the theatre, and the theatre is your natural home as an actor. So if you yeah. could stage manage your dream. Production with your dream cast, you know, it's it's all laid out there. What would what would that be? I've done some. I've uh, um, I mean, I acted in in probably fifty or more plays, and I've directed probably the same amount. And uh, what I've come to like more uh, certainly is directing uh, than being on stage. Acting is very very hard. Um, people don't realize how hard it is. Um, and directing has its moments of difficulty, um, but I find it more satisfying um, than acting. Uh, at least I came to find it more satisfying than acting. 
Uh, and I have done some, uh, a, 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 there are several plays for me that come to mind that I had the opportunity to direct that, um, that were kind of dream jobs for me. Um, the first one I think about is uh, um, Saroyan's um, The Time of Your Life. Uh, it, it was written in, in and around 1939 at the time of uh, the uh, rise of the Nazis and Hitler starting to move through Europe. Um, it's a cast of 26 people. It takes, uh, it takes place in a uh, San Francisco uh, bar um, in the lower part of San Francisco, the kind of uh, uh, less than um, perfect neighborhood. Uh, it's a seaside, it's a uh, dock area. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a group of characters that just come through this, this bar. Uh, and they talk about, you know, they talk about everything, you know, they talk about the, they talk about politics, they talk about, there's whores, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, the guy that sits in the bar all day who has money and nobody knows why, who has, <laughs> you know, there's a love story in it um, between a prostitute and, um, and a young guy who is the protagonist's uh, kind of flunky. Um, and it's, a, it's really a slice of life uh, story in, that takes place in a very particular uh, place and time um, that is obviously uh, 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 specific to the early part of before we the states, you guys were already pretty much embroiled in the Second World War by that time, um, with Hitler certainly encroaching, mm -hmm. starting to encroach um, on the world. Um, but it's a slice of life uh, thing that I just love doing. If you ever have the opportunity, Jimmy Cagney did a movie of it. Um, uh, that you might want to watch, although I'm not a great fan of the movie, but it would be a simple way, uh, if you didn't want to find the play and read it, um, it would be a simple way to get the idea. Gotcha, yeah. So my point is that was one of the, that was one of the plays that I just loved doing. Especially with it was a huge cast and and making all of that work, you know, uh, the ebb and the flow of characters coming in and out. Um, it's suggested that it's a comedy, um, but it it's more a melodrama of sorts. But it's that good kind of melodrama. Yeah, good, and it's very much the. Um, the language of the 30s, um, uh, which I, I don't know why, but that kind of appeal, that's always kind of appealed to me. Yeah. 
So that's one of the ones. Now, on the other side, um, I directed Hair, um, the musical, twice. And I was in it twice when I was in college. Um, and so that's another film or another another stage production that I really enjoy doing, which is all about, you know, a kid being drafted into the Vietnam War. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, some great music. And um, I got to meet uh, Jerry Ragney and um, I forget his partner's name right off the top of my head. Uh, James Rado, who who created it. I was also a big fan of the public theater in New York, uh, which this came out of that was run by Joe Papp at the time. Uh, Joe Papp, I think, was one of the great American producers ever. Um, he was difficult to get along with, said some people, but he did more for the American theater, I think, than anybody else. Um, so that was a, another production. Then there's also, um, and you forgive me carrying on like this, but oh, I, it's great. Um, I directed a, which I probably would be thought of as not the right person uh, to direct this, but I directed a production of Colored Girls, uh, when Suicide is Enough um, by Antazaki Shange, uh, which is about seven um, black females and telling their stories, their particular stories, um, and through monologues and music. And um, that was one of the most satisfying, that was one of the most satisfying uh, productions I've ever done. Um, the seven women that I had, they, this was a, a student production, um, and the seven girls that I had were just phenomenal. To this day, we still have a connection, okay. and that's probably, that's probably 25, 30 years ago, um, but, uh, well, 20 years. Uh, to this day, they still call me dad, you know? Oh, nice. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> them my daughters and um uh they they call me dad so it's it, it, you know it's gratifying it, it, all of it's been gratifying for me for the most part um and um i've always been um i've always been enamored by the theater i think because it's live you can't change anything once it happens <laughs> no that's <laughs> it I grew, yeah I grew, up, I grew up loving theater yeah, you've got to deal with the immediacy uh, of it, um, which is a little more like life is, you know. You've got to deal with every moment as it comes. Um, and so that's the way theater is as well. Um, so, yeah, there's a couple, a few of the... the, the uh, I also did a production, acted in a production of um, uh, American Buffalo uh, by, um, oh, what the hell's his name? Um, 
I'm 71. You're going <laughs> to. <laughs> I get it now, John. I wouldn't want to. Oh, he's, man. A he's a well-known playwright. David Mamet. Oh, Mamet, yes. Yeah. Glenn, Glenn Ross. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Which I also played. Uh, sorry, I, I, oh, really? I, the lead in, um, yeah. Which I, I, film. I'm, I was kind of an, I played the Pacino role. Oh, uh, awesome. But I was, I, I played it before Pacino, actually. But I was uh, kind of an unlikely um, uh, choice because I, I, I look in no way Italian. And <laughs> That's a great role, though. Did you get to use the C word a lot, I, like in the film? I, it was the greatest role, but it was the hardest role I ever had to take because it was more language than I ever had to learn yeah, in my life. It's a lot. Uh, it was just full of expletives but it, it you know they talked he spoke in a way they all did uh, in mammoth's work most of the time they speak in 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 um uh ghetto ease yeah, uh, yeah. um uh of you know south chicago and and you know anyway um uh american buffalo i played the I saw John Savage on Broadway in it with Robert DeBall and Kenneth McMillan. Uh, and then I got a chance to play the young man in the play. In my 30s, I was still able to play, you know, 18, 19, uh -huh. uh, which helped, which helps uh, to be able to, you know, look one way and, and be able to play something younger. Martin was the same way. I was 27 when I played Martin, and I looked like I was 17 or 18. Yeah. So, um, uh, but that that lasted uh, kind of up until my mid 40s, early 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, that's brilliant. No, that's, that answer is amazing. So much but, insight. Yeah, those are some of the things that I love to act in as well. Yeah. I also did a production of, and I'm I'm paying the ass, aren't I? I no, did. no, no, this is amazing. I love all this. Uh, I also did twice a production of uh, Marat Saad, which I think in, uh, which was made famous by Peter Brook uh, in the UK. Um, I, I don't know if it was for the National or, or who he was working for or what theater he was working for. But it's the uh, assassination and persecution of Marassad uh, under the direction of the Marquis de Sade in the asylum of Charenton, which is a long-winded title. Um, but I played Marat, uh, and all of the actors that the supposedly the M Marquis he was in the asylum with all of the people that were also in the asylum that he assigned these roles to. So I played, you know, an inmate playing um, um, Marat, uh, uh, who was who was one of the people that led the French Revolution. Um, and so that's, it was kind of about that. Um, and 
so it was all these inmates and crazy people um, that were playing these historical characters <laughs> under the direction of, you know, the guy that, that we consider one of the most sadistic men in, <laughs> in the world. In world yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll shut up now about experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what we'll do then, because we've obviously hitting our time of over an hour now, so we'll end it there. Uh, so, John, just want to take this opportunity right now to thank you very much for your time. It's been an absolute honour oh, and a privilege. Oh, it's amazing. amazing. Thank you, John. Thank you. Really, really love so, talking to you. Yeah, I've loved every minute of this. Greatest interviews I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> but been a lot of fun, and I hope... Yes, John, absolutely great guy. I love, you know, I love talking to John on every level, whether it be conventions, whether it be doing this, we've got to get him on again soon. He's just so passionate about everything that he talks about. It's brilliant. Really, really brilliant. Yeah. Loved it. That was that was an epic conversation with some really interesting stories sewn into that. That was uh we seem to be getting some amazing guests. We do we're doing good, as well. We? We're, we getting, really we're doing, doing good. brilliantly. Yeah. And they're doing really um, well. The trouble is 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 if this is our first year really doing this and it's now obviously, you know, the month of Halloween and stuff, and you know, it's that dark time of year. What are we going to do for next year to 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 level that up and do next year, eh? I know, but no it's... pressure, lads. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, throw up the game. Yeah, but I think it... as well, though, I think I mean all the guests that we've had have been just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yes. You know, do you know what I mean? It's really, really been easy to talk to and everything. So, you know, to any any of you guests that are out there that have been on the show and you're listening, just thanks again for you know dropping out and then chatting with us and and another thing as well anyone who's watching this on youtube or listening to it in podcast world if there's any guests that you think we might be able to get just put a comment down below and also if you like this please like subscribe and do all the usual social media thingies that we um like people to do follow us on the various platforms twitter and insta and facebook we want them all yep And we'll probably stick. So we will definitely stick some links in the description for the George Romero Foundation, yeah. the uh, Zobi thing for John that he mentioned because obviously it helps them all out. Yeah. Just please check them out, all that kind of stuff. So we'll, on that bombshell, we will leave it there. Outlaws of Horror, out.